you're listening to the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. And today is an encore episode of my conversation with Lacey Dobriant from March 2015. Well, it is. And, you know, you know, they could do it. They come down the stairs and they see me pouring over this, you know, word of God. And I tried to impress that on them. And, you know, I tried to tell them. I said this to Lily Grace one morning. She came down. And I said, honey, why does mommy read the Bible? And she's like, because you love God. I'm like, yes. But it's more than that. It's because I want to know God. We are called to seek His face. And I said, you come here. And I put her face, her cheek on my cheek. And I said, do you know, do you feel how special that is? I don't put my cheek on everybody's cheek. I just put my face on your face. Well, how do we put our faith on God? How do we get that close to Him and have that special hug? I said, it's through His Word. That's our face-on-face love. And that kind of became a term, you know, between the two of us. So faith, give me some face-on-face love. And she knows that to do that with God, we have to get close to Him. And the one of the best ways to do that is just to spend time in His Word. Oh, I am so excited for y'all to hear this episode with Lacey. If you haven't listened to it when it originally aired back in 2015, Lacey is a real-life friend. Our kids go to school together, and recently we were both on a panel at an Arrows Live event that Carrie Trotter hosted here in Dallas. And The goal of that event was to inspire and encourage women to get into God's Word, and it reminded me about my interview with Lacey, and I couldn't wait to share it with you. Uh, there's kind of a trend, I guess, going into 2017. I want to help y'all in order to be God-centered moms, to get into God's Word, and whether finding the time is your struggle or knowing what to do is your struggle. So last week's conversation with Kat Lee really focused in on helping you develop the habit. In this conversation, I help inspire you for a new simple way to study. Uh, Lacey doesn't just talk about that. She shares vulnerably about her life and how she had some wandering years her single uh, life until waiting until she got married at the age of 38, her secondary infertility struggle and the loss of her father, and how all these events drove her to want to know God more deeply, and he led her to his word. He also led her to this special study method called the color method. You can find it at thecolormethod.com. You use colors to highlight themes and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to further knowledge of God. And it's super exciting. You know, you can always find links to the show notes over at GodCenterMom.com. But if you want them to come straight into your inbox, just go to the sidebar on my site and you can find a spot where you can put in your email address. And there's two options. One is GCM Weekly Episodes, and that will bring these episodes straight into your inbox and you can get all the show notes and resources there. Or uh, the second option is the podcast club, and that is something I haven't really described very well on the show yet, but it's uh, basically you gather your group of moms so you don't mom alone. You decide when you meet, how often, where, and I provide the curriculum. It's six weeks of episodes, past episodes, and discussion questions, and you decide when y'all will listen to them on your own time, when you're doing laundry or dishes or driving carpool and your uh, get-together, and you'll discuss them. Whether you bring your kids along or not, I, there's a group that sent me a picture, and there were a couple little babies, and the moms just needed to get together and have good conversations. So if you are interested in either of those, go to the sidebar, or if you're on your phone, you can scroll down past episodes, and there'll be a spot for your email address and those two options to check, weekly episodes or GCM Podcast Club. All right, let's get to my conversation with Lacey. 
Here we go. Welcome, Lacey, to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. It's so fun when I get to interview friends. I just really like Aww. it. It's really, Aww. really fun. So Lacey has um, two adorable girls. If you, do you want to introduce them real quick and then I'll say. Sure. I've got um, Lily Grace, who is my seven-year-old and then Evie, who's my five and a half year old. And they are, as God would provide, in the exact same classes as my seven and five-year-old. And so I get to see Lacey a lot. And then um, we do BSF and we're not in the same group, but our paths cross a lot. And uh, they do. I'm so grateful for that. It is great. And so how did I even find out? How did I find out that you have this Bible study method? Was it on the bottom of your email, maybe? You know what? Probably, yes. Okay. So I saw that she had a website and the color method. And I was like, what is that? So I go researching and it is wonderful. <laughs> and I was like, Lacey, what is this? And she's so sweet and she's telling me about it and even gave me my own little kit. And I was like, I need to have you on the podcast. We need to talk about this. So <laughs> we'll tell everyone more about it. It's basically a Bible study tool, but how did you get into this? You know, moms listening who are like, oh, I'm just a mom, which is not true. No one is just a mom. Everyone has a gift and a talent. How did you get into this? Well, that is very true. But I will say I am just a mom. And when I went to go listen to all of your fantabulous podcasts, I got extremely intimidated because all these women, just like you, have all these children and they're doing these amazing things and writing books and, you know, but this is, um, it's really just very simple. It came out of a desire to go deeper with God Mm. and I didn't intend to, um, market this or make it anything to give away. It really was just something the Lord did for me. And then just out of obedience to him, it kept growing and he told me that I needed to give it away. And then within a year, pretty soon I had the color method. Wow. Kind of a crazy journey. You know, and one thing I wanted to say too, is your mom was a teacher at the school our kids go to. Yes. And, um, she is a believer. Yes. Did you grow up in a home where Bible study was something that happened? How did that, you know, I know a lot of moms are always wondering, how do I study the Bible with my kids? And so what was that like when you were a kid? Did your mom study the Bible with you or? Yeah, both my parents were believers. They both believed in Jesus Christ. My grandparents on either side did. We have a a legacy of faith in my family, which is such a gift. Mm. And I have a very, my my father passed away 12 years ago. Mm. But one of my most vivid memories of him is he would wake up every day at 5 a.m. and and read the Word of God. Mm. And I can just picture him, you know, sitting in our living room, pouring over the Word every day when I came downstairs. Mm. My mother did the same thing. She was a BSF or like 30 years or something. She was an STL. She taught preset ministries. I mean, my parents were in the word of God Mm. and my mother even taught a Bible study for my friends and me uh, when we were in junior high. Mm. It was very much a part of my life. So when did she make the transition to like you studying the Bible for yourself? Like, you know, how you kind of read the Bible stories with your kids at night or in the morning and, you know, our school has that requirement or, but my son came back from Wednesday at church the other day and he was like, mom, we studied Titus and there are these questions and the answers were in the Bible. I was like, (laughs) Oh my goodness. Have I failed you? Like you didn't know that you could answer questions about the Bible. I think he'd always done stories. Like he'd always done. Here's the stories of Jesus. Here's the stories of the old Testament. Never like read scripture and answer and study. Right. No, I think it 
was that Bible study that she did. And I remember distinctly having about you know 30 girls all piled in our living room. And you know, mother put together this Bible study for us. And we would have to come with our questions answered. And that's really my first memory of having to dig it out for myself. Okay. So that's more like age appropriate, like Yes. Like <laughs> double digit <laughs> age, like the DDs. <laughs> the the twelve year old, you know, eleven year old is reading the Bible and answering for themselves kind of thing. Well, I don't know what's right. I, I don't know, know what's <laughs> what we did. <laughs> but I mean it makes sense like as far as cognitively and developmentally mm-hmm. being able to grasp the an- right. and answer those kind of questions even in a school. Like right. them doing reading mm-hmm. comprehension stuff. Okay, so you had that experience. Did you stick with that through high school, through college? Was that your story? You just were faithful to the word? Well, no, I would not say that was my story. I have always been in love with Jesus. I came to know Jesus when I was um, nine at a Billy Graham crusade under an umbrella in the rain. Wow. Yes, it's just a sweet memory of accepting Jesus then. And um, he really did take a hold of my heart. But he... I have strayed. I mean, I, in college, did not go to church every day. And I felt a taste of freedom there that I hadn't known before. And mm-hmm. I, um, there were periods of my life where I just, you know, told Jesus to get on off that throne. And I felt pretty confident that I could, I could do this well myself. Mm-hmm. And you know that, imagine that it never worked out well for me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm actually working on a life map right now where you go through your whole life um, from zero to today. And you, you break it down um, in ages and stages. And there was a period in my life, um, you know, starting in college, where when I began to come out from underneath his authority and not get into the word every day, I would come back and I would have a season of coming back to him. But then I would stray again. And it just really um, was a season of confusion and um and, I, and brought me to my knees. And praise the Lord, he kept me single that whole time. You know, Heather, I, I, I married when I was 38 years old, which is, you know, it's a pretty long time to be single. And it was part of my undoing. I just felt the Lord wasn't going to let me enter into marriage with a man until Jesus had become the lover of my soul. Where there was no other, where I would not leave him and chase after, you know, the, the shiny, glittery thing that passes by. And um, so... Yeah, I'm grateful for it. There was some pain. There were some bad decisions. But he was so faithful to always welcome me back with open arms and um, really, really heal me from a lot of that before Mm. he prepared me to marry Robert. Mm. Wow. And was there was there a person that kind of helped bring you back or was it really just that struggle with God and. Just the- yeah, it was more like an event and a person. My father died when I was 35 years old. And it was heartbreaking enough in and of itself. But the fact that he never got to meet my husband, that he never got to walk me down the aisle. I mean, we both, days before he passed away, you sat and, and, and cried over that. It was a, a great grief for him and a great grief for me. And when he passed away, I don't know, something in my heart um, broke in kind of a good way. And I was I was just maybe freer to heal. I don't know. But I showed up on... Um, a lady's doorstep who I'd heard did a lot of counseling and I was just real confused and I had lost um, an anchor in my father and was just kind of drifting and I showed up on her doorstep and I began to learn what it was like to live authentically in front of people, to live authentically in myself and not 
put on such a show and, and strive for perfectionism and then make everyone think that everything's perfect. You know, it's just, it's just not. And I had um, kind of used those tools as a mechanism of coping. And anyway, through about two or three years of really visiting and going deep with her and with a small group Bible study, the Lord tra- began to transform my heart. Really changed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, for people who are, find themselves in the same place, that you describe, sometimes I like to give like, what was the way out? So that is helpful Mm -hmm. to know. Like it did take you to a breaking point, but you at some point had to reach out for help and you did need to find a community. Um, and, and the word is a part of that. Um, but some, you know, are saying, Oh, I don't need the church. I don't need community. I don't need people. I just need the Bible and me and the Holy spirit. Hmm. And, um, I think when you're in that, there are times for that, but I think when you're like you said, grieving the loss of someone or in a, in a place, you need people. You need people, sister. I'm telling people. you what, I, I was one of those people. I didn't want to tell anybody my problems. Mm. I mean, it was the just pride, so the pride of it. Yeah. Prideful. yeah. Oh my goodness. And when the Lord finally, I mean, it still creeps up. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but yeah. I, I, I recognize it now. And when the Lord, that first little small group, um, was such an eclectic, wonderful, gift from the Lord. And when I began to let that guard down and live life with people in an authentic, vulnerable, real way, I just began to understand what the Bible says when it says you are to live together in a community of Mm. believers. That's what the church is. Yeah. 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 And, and for the next generation to see that it's not just Mm -hmm. a song and dance number and a bunch of um, programming. It's people, right? It's people. The church is Mm -hmm. people. And, um, well, that is powerful. So the color method, where in your journey? So how many, was it after you were married? Yeah. So got married, um, had Lily Grace a year and a day later. Um, had e- <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Had, um, got, God was good. Had Evie 17 months later after wow. that. And then I just assumed because Robert and I really wanted a third and I had popped out these two so easily that the third would come. Yeah. And um, the third did not come. Mm. And we spent... I mean, at least four years, um, going through all the infertility. We looked into adoption. We looked into snowflake adoption. Yeah. We, it was just this four year period of great emotional stress. Um, I, I you know, I had one that implanted and, um, it, you know, I lost it mm-hmm. and that was a great grief for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just a real painful, painful, journey, which I don't think people recognize the pain of secondary infertility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the, sometimes the st- Oh, you already have two beautiful children. You should oh. be happy. That is so hurtful. Let's well, well, stop saying that. Write, yeah. If I could just write a book about what not to say to someone who's going to infertility, who has children. Yeah. And I know, you know what? I would probably say the same thing. My mouth gets me in so much trouble, <laughs> but it is, there's something about, um, each child being just their own person. And when you want a child, you, you just want a child. And I think you already know the power of it. You've known how your heart grows in longs. Mm -hmm. And so any, Mm -hmm. any part of that stage of secondary infertility where you, there's loss or there's hope. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot. I mean, I've walked through it with friends. It is really hard. Really. It is really hard. And it, um, I got to a point where I really, um, because my husband really wanted it and I really wanted it. And I, I felt like I had had a promise from the Lord, whether I did or not, I'll never know until I see him face to face. But all of that 
I looked at my husband one time and said, you know, honey, I'm worried this is going to rock my faith. Mm, and yeah. he just looked at me and said, well, that's a big problem. <laughs> and I went, well, it is. And yeah. I, um, you know, but it's okay because the Lord wanted me to come to him with that. He knew I was feeling it anyway. And yeah, we can't, we, we can't hide those thoughts. We can't hide that, those thoughts. We, and, we, we think, yeah. well, God can't know. Well, I won't, I won't tell God that yeah. I'm <laughs> wondering if he's good, if he won't give if me these good. children. Like he can't right. see that thought yeah. yeah yeah he sees way down deep yeah. in there and you know evie got sick during all this and she was so sick that the doctors were worrying me and i didn't know if we were going to leave the hospital with her I, she was about three and she just wasn't and we were there for three days and she was really sick and i at 2 a.m after they had stuck her a thousand times with needles and she wasn't getting better and they all had worried faces i laid there at two just holding and praying her and i thought well what what if what if she dies? What if the Lord takes her? Am I still going to believe that God is good? So I really grappled with that with Evie in the hospital. I was at the same time going through the infertility struggle. And it's, you know, we don't have time for the whole story today. But in the end, I did get to a place in my relationship with the Lord where I I got there. I said, you know, you you are good. If you take Evie from me, you are good. If you never give me this third child, you are good. And um. It was through many tears and many hours in prayer and much godly counsel and prayer support. But when I got there, I had tasted that the Lord was good in a way I hadn't known before. And I wanted more. And when I, on the other side of all that, was sitting outside one day watching my kids play. And just the wind came through this big oak tree in my backyard. And I just felt the Holy Spirit. And I just said, oh, you know, I, I want more of you. I want to go deeper, and I don't know how to do that. Do I do more Bible studies? Do you want me to go serve you more? You know, what do I have to do? And that deep desire to grow closer to Him uh, became the catalyst to the color method. And James 4, 8, if you draw closer to me, I will draw closer to you, became my life verse Mm -hmm. for that season. Jump in here and tell you about another great resource that I want you to check out. It's called the Write the Word Bible Journal, and it's created by Laura Casey and her team over at Cultivate What Matters Shop. Now, Laura Casey, I interviewed a couple episodes ago, and she shared about her small business and her life and how busy it is with her three young kids, and it's so hard to get that quiet time in each day. So she created this Write the Word Journal, and basically There are 50 pieces of scripture that she's hand-selected, and for each piece of scripture, there's two pages. And on one side of the page, you get to write the date, what you're thankful for, and you actually hand-write out the scripture, the passage. And then on the right side, it's just a blank page for you to do whatever you want. And I just feel like this method, this um, color method that Lacey's about to share with you goes beautifully with the Write the Word Bible Journal. Uh, Lacey's Uh, method is just so good at pulling out these themes. And when you're handwriting out God's word in these write the word Bible journals, it's just going to come to life and it's not going to take much time for you to meditate on his word, especially for those of you with young kids. So go check out the write the word Bible journal. There are two ways to get there. Either go to shop.cultivatewhatmatters.com or go to godcentermom.com backslash write the word and you can find those journals. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Lacey. Yeah, so, you know, the Lord implanted a desire in me to do a color coding system. I just, 
you know, I think he knit me together. He knew how he knows how much I love color. <laughs> and I think he was just going to use that to give me a tool to go deeper with him. Um, he had me put away all my books about the Bible, hmm. which are all wonderful. And, you know, but there was a season of time where he just basically really impressed on me. I want you. You want to go deeper with me? Well, then you come to my word and only my word. Mm. And I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit daunting. Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, got down to the first morning and kind of <laughs> had my Bible and went, okay, what do we do now? Where do I go? Do I go to Genesis? Do we go to Matthew? You know, yeah. And, um, and kind of grappled with that. But um, So you know, where, where did you go? <laughs> well, I kind of, it's funny because I kind of, I kind of had a banter with the Lord. I said, Lord, this is difficult. Why do you have to make your Bible so hard? Yeah. You know, I, um, it, I, it, I feel kind of stupid and I feel like I'm overwhelmed and a little lost here. Yeah. And he led me to this verse, which is like that verse in Ephesians, but it's in first Corinthians that just said, um, yeah, this is what we speak, not with words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, mm-hmm. explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I think I'm trying to read this book in my flesh. Mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to read it intellectually. I think I'm approaching this. Like I'm just trying to get this thing done. Yeah. And it changed how I approach the Word of God. It's a spiritual book. We are supposed to read it in our spirit. So mm-hmm. I just began really going into um, deep prayer before I would even before I would even open my Bible. And then I don't know Heather. He would show up every single time, and it took the daunting task of it out, and it just changed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Well. Spiritual things often don't Usually make don't. <laughs> logical sense, but I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I can't, was it Kay Arthur? Does she do drawing in the Bible? Yes. She okay. Does. Well, I did an act study with her. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever, you know, beyond just drawing lines or writing in the side of my Bible, like right. actually focused and narrowed in on keywords or focus words. And it was huge. I was, you know, I'd been in the church my whole life and I'd never read the Bible like that. And it, it, it changes things when you're narrowing in and the spirit is leading. So it's not just a task, right? Because you don't right. want this to again, become another task, but, um, you gave me this and I hadn't, you know, done that method. I think I did that in high school or college and I did it with my BSF just, you know, it's fun to have fresh, new, fun pens. Yeah, <laughs> and so, it is. And and my husband was so sweet for um, our anniversary. He got me a new journaling Bible because he knows how much I like to Aww. write in in the Bible, and so this gives That's me a little so more sweet. space. But it's been perfect. I have my colorful pens and my new journaling Bible, and oh my goodness, even numbers. 13 or whatever we were in. I was like, wow, when you're underlining the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord over and over and over, you're like, wow, he is speaking to them a lot. And I just had skipped over it. Even, even though BSF is like hardcore Bible study and there's questions to answer. Um, when I just sat there and this new Bible doesn't have any, um, commentary. Which at oh, first, that's so great. Well, at first I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, there's right. no commentary. Mm-hmm. Shoot. How am I going to know mm-hmm. what it's saying? But it's freeing. It's just the it Bible, is. me, and the Holy Spirit 
Yes, it's just very, I mean, I hate to use the word organic, yeah. but it really is. Yeah. And, you know, one of the first things that um, I did read that summer was Matthew because we were going to study that in the fall in BSF. Yeah. And I was um, coming out of all that infertility and releasing um, that to the Lord. And the first, you know, chapter or two of Matthew is just the genealogy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I don't want to do the genealogy. And I thought, yeah. nope, I'm committed. I'm doing the genealogy. <laughs> so I got my purple pen out because purple stands for people. Yeah. And as I underlined you know, each name and every family, I got to the end and I looked back over my work and I just saw the sea of purple. And the Lord just... The Holy Spirit just fell on me, and I thought, you know what? You are a God of people. You see people. You have put together these families from the beginning of time. You see me. You have ordained my family. My pain is not, um, you're not blind to it. You see me. And it gave me such comfort in the genealogy, you know? Yeah, you just, yeah. Don't underestimate God's word, right? Right. And I think for me, um, he can speak without the color method, of course, yeah. but I think because I am so visual and I do connect with color so much that the fact that it was all underlined in people just, it just jumped off the page to me, you know? Totally. And, um, I mean, I can, I'm going to run through real quick. Well, I don't have to, but there's different colors for the Trinity, for commands, for righteousness, for people, places. And how did you pick? I mean, I know the description of why certain things are that color, but right. how did you decide to narrow in on commands, for instance, or righteousness? You know, why, yeah, why are we underlining actually, those things just for people that, who are Bible studies? Just for people. Well, yeah. so that's what, when I came, when I got to the, doing the color coding system, you know, I was very overwhelmed with that because there's so much you could underline yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, you could just, it's endless, but there are only a certain amount of colors that are created in markers. So I was limited um, just because of the marker industry <laughs> to a certain number of colors. And yeah. so I, um, I just sat down, um, in my playroom and my girls played for two hours without even talking to me, which you That's know is a from miracle. the word of God. From yeah. God. Yeah. And he just, he started, I closed my eyes and I just said, Lord God, you just tell me what colors to use. And you just tell me what to underline. And I saw this this picture of a color wheel in my mind. Yeah. And so I, was, I kind of thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. And I looked at the color wheel, Googled it, and I just saw those three primary colors, yellow, red, and blue. Mm. And every color in the world comes from those three colors. Mm. And it just hit me. That's everything in this world comes from our triune God. Mm. So, of course, he glorifies himself and even the colors of our world. Mm. So yellow became God because he is our sun and he is our shield. And then red became Jesus because, of course, he died on the cross and his blood, the red blood is what saves us from our sins. And then blue was water and the Holy Spirit is our living water. Mm. And that was just so crystal clear to me. Mm. And then as I went from there, I went to the secondary colors. And if you take uh, yeah, the, the, the primaries, the secondaries are orange, and green and purple. So mm-hmm. I had my colors and the Lord just spoke to my heart. I, I don't, I really don't know exactly why, but, um, I looked at what made orange, which was yellow and red. And the Lord God, you know, gave us commands in the old Testament, but then Jesus came in the new Testament to fulfill the law and give us a new command, mm-hmm. which was love. And that made sense to me. And I went, okay, I think he wants me to color commands. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes sense to do that in orange. Um, and then in green is for righteousness. And I kind of use the same process. If you take yellow, which is God, and you take 
blue, which is the Holy Spirit, you get green. Green is for righteousness. And I got that because if you take yellow, which of course stands for God the Father, we are living every day to please Him because pleasing Him brings blessing. But we can't do that in our own strength. We can only do that through the Holy Spirit, which is blue. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got green. And yeah, I love to focus on righteous living because my tendency is to wander from that. Mm. So green became righteousness. Mm. And then purple was easy because we are holy and royal priesthood. And the color for royalty is purple. And I, um, and so every time I see a person or anything having to do with the children of God, I underline that in purple. Brown just made sense. I just wanted to know, I think the places of the Bible are key and very important and just helping us understand and visualize where all this is taking place. Mm. So I did brown for the soil and the dirt and the earth. That That's where I, how I underline places. And then I think it's always important, as little as we like it, to understand what sin is, to define it, to be able to recognize it in ourselves, and that way we can flee from it. Mm. And sin is basically darkness, which is the opposite of light, and I figured that was best represented by using black. So I kind of sat there after having eight of the colors, and I looked around my playroom and saw my little girls, and they had their big pink bows in, and I just closed my eyes and said, Lord, can I just use pink? <laughs> I just love pink. Let me use pink. And um, and so I decided to, to box keywords in, in pink. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I felt a completion in my spirit, and it was done. And I, and I began using it that day, and my best friend um, in Memphis, she began using it that day. Mm. And, um, you know, the journey started and it, it began to change my walk with the Lord because I was excited to come down in the mornings and study my Bible. Mm. Um, it was fun to have a new tool to, to tear it apart and to go. It helped me focus. It helped me go more slowly. It helped me visualize it differently. It just changed everything. Cause you can have all the pins out and be marking everything as you go through each verse. Or you could just take one color out, show me everything about Jesus in this passage, show me everything yes. about righteousness in this passage. Um, I, I mean, I kind of, I'm, I'm very like whatever all over the place. So I keep, you know, I'm all, my pens are all over the place. But, <laughs> That's how I am. But I loved it because, the, you know, soon after you gave it to me, I was downstairs. I was, you know, I go in the morning, the boys find me in my chair. And my seven-year-old, who's in Lily Grace's class, said, Mom, what are you doing? And I said, oh, Lily Grace's mom gave me these pens. And I showed him your little chart, and he got so excited. Aww. He's like, oh, can I mark the people? And so he's got the purple out, and he's marking the people. I'm like, having a little boy who's excited to read and study the Bible is beyond words. I mean, yes, beyond, beyond words. words. So mm-hmm. you can do it for your personal study, but, man, there could be, you know, color method for kids. I don't know. I'm just well, I am, you know what, Heather, that is my hope is yeah. to get these kids early reading the word of God. And, you know, I mean, my girls do the same thing. They sit there and they color the Bibles and it may not be perfect and it may oh. not be accurate. Hey, I don't care. Hey. We can get new Bibles as they're in it and they're coloring it and they yeah. know the colors. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, they know what they stand for. And, um, you know, it'll be a tool that I can just give to them. It's part of their spiritual legacy and it's they're gonna know how to read the word of god or if they don't it won't be because i didn't try (laughs) (laughs) or model it i mean so much of all these interviews i'm amazed you know parenting experts or whatever like it's it's what you're modeling you know and so the fact that you came down you saw your dad reading the bible you you Mm -hmm. saw your mom reading the bible you know the we we try so hard to be the the best parents we can be but one of the (laughs) 
the one thing that if you really, really want for your kids is to, is to be the people you want them to be. And so, um, yes, I agree. If, if you really want them in the word, um, making that a priority. So if y'all give yourself an Easter present or just go out, you may even have all the pins in your house, but, um, I'll definitely put a link to the color If you want to check out, uh, her little booklet and, and pins, the pins are nice. Cause they're super micro. Like yes. Tiny. And I did like two months of research on the pen. They're, they're, they're <laughs> made of indigo ink. They won't fade or blur or, you know, bleed because Bible pages are thin. They yeah. are really awesome pens. Yeah. Why are Bible pages so thin? Is that because it's maybe so, so the Bible doesn't have to be so thick? Maybe uh, so. I don't know. Yeah. There's a new Bible coming out. Have you heard about this? No. The guy that did the Kickstarter who, um, he's really into how pages look like just printing books, not necessarily Bibles. And the importance of fonts and the importance of um, margins. And so he's like republishing the Bible, not necessarily looking at the translation, but how it visually looks. Well, that is awesome. And he's creating like five booklets out of it so that it's all like like you would read a chapter, you know, like a regular book where there's not two columns next to each other and where there aren't numbers interrupting and where there's like you're just reading it like you would a book (laughs) instead of it being all broken up. Anyway. He got millions of dollars in his Kickstarter. It, yeah, it's a big deal. So, well, I need to get that for sure. Yeah, I'll I, maybe I'll find that link. I know the video was going around of him talking about topography and anyway, all his thoughts. Anything, on, you know, anything to make the Bible accessible, fun, new, different, creative. I mean, it, it's just this book of life, and I think living. we treat it like it, it's a living book, and it's exciting, and it's. There's life there. Well, there's a new, the next generation. We're talking about, you know, not wanting to go to church. There's a lot that don't believe the Bible is God's word. So Mm. if as believers, you believe the Bible is God's word and that it's living and active, you, you know, we, we need to teach that to our children. It's our voice, you know? Well, it is. And, you know, you know, they do, they come down the stairs and they see me pouring over this, you know, word of God. And I try to impress that on them. And, yeah, I tried to tell them. I said this to Lily Grace one morning. She came down, and I said, honey, why does Mommy read the Bible? And she's like, because you love God. I'm like, yes. But it's more than that. It's because I want to know God. Mm-hmm. We, we are called to seek His face. Yeah. And I said, you know, come here. And I put her face, her cheek on my cheek. And I said, do you know, do you feel how special that is? I don't put my cheek on everybody's cheek. I just mm-hmm. put my face on your face. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we put our face on God? Mm-hmm. How do we get that close to Him and have mm-hmm. that special hug? I said, it's through his word. Mm. That's our face on face love. And that kind of became a term, you know, between the two of us. So fake, give me some face on face love. And she knows that to do that with God, we have to get close to him. Mm. And the, one of the best ways to do that is just to spend time in his word. So good. I heard that on a podcast. Um, I think it was the village. It was their youth pastor, their children's minister. It was their day um, where they have the kids sit in the service. And he was just talking about how do we get our kids not to just know about God, but to truly know and to grasp and to want God. And um, he brought up the Israelites and how their generation just knew about God and they didn't own it. And he was just saying, you know, if we want that for our children, they need to see us. Yeah. excited Be- and all in. Yeah, believing it. Yeah, believing you know? it. Not just talking believing, about no. him, but really, you know, seeing you worship, seeing you mm-hmm. read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Lacey, you're the best. Oh, uh, what's up are you, Heather? Thanks for being on here and chatting with um, the listeners and just exposing us to a great way to know God better. Love it. Well, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Well, you have a great day. 
day. You too, Heather. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas with your family. I was thankful that we were able to complete the trip that we had planned months and months ago before my parents became very sick and my parents were able to join us. Um, They didn't get to participate in a lot of the activities we did, but they were with us and we were all under one house. And as my dad said uh, in our own little family Christmas meal, um, he said, the joy of our life is under this roof. And it was a sweet moment to have all of my siblings together and all my nieces and nephews and You know, I was thinking, even though my dad couldn't fully participate in all of our normal family traditions, his legacy and what he values and how he has taught us, and even my mom and how she's trained my sister and I and my brothers how to, you know, get around a kitchen, we fully fed all these people and we enjoyed games and tradition because of the legacy my parents had handed us. So even though they couldn't fully participate or lead what was going on, because of what they'd done, we had followed in their footsteps. And it made me think of the spiritual legacy you're leaving your kids and what you're doing and how even after you're gone or even if you aren't able to participate in your children's lives as they go and lead families, it has left a mark. They know what they know because of time spent with you. Anyway, that was just an encouragement to me going forward and not knowing how many more Christmases we have together as a family to know that those traditions will live on, that the legacy will go on for my kids and for generations to come is so exciting. And even heard it in Lacey's story, her remembering her father and the time he spent in his word and how it left its mark in her heart and her soul and her desire to meet with God. Y'all have been the best at sharing this podcast with your friends. You are sharing on Instagram. I'm so thankful. Uh, Even a week when I could barely function, I was doing so much for my parents and my kids and just getting ready for Christmas. And y'all were posting on Instagram and sharing. You are doing the work. Uh, You are doing the ministry work for me. I don't have a staff. I don't have people to promote the show. You are my people. So thank you for your Instagram posts. Thank you for tagging me so I know that you're posting them. Uh, you know, you can find me over at Instagram at God Center Mom or on Facebook uh, at God Center Mom. Thank you for all of your sharing and your encouragement. I do not take it for granted, and I just appreciate you greatly, and I hope you have a very, very happy new year. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Center Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.